one other reason why we kind of set up an initial uh, kind of tracker up front. We might like to say track right away from the home page to your lead page to the checkout page, finally to the post purchase page. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 95 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover just plain old simple marketing fundamentals, which is all about email marketing, but ultimately, you know, it's, let's make some more sales, let's make some more money, let's get rich, wealthy, maybe maybe even a little bit famous, and let's do it while automating the whole thing, so we can chill out on a beach, we can go to the park with our kids, we can go on a nice date with our, our partner, drink some wine, look at a sunset, walk along the beach. Point is, we want to live life on our own terms. So today, I'll be talking to Jacob Lenowski. Now, Jacob, Jacob also came to me via email, like uh, a number of my other guests, and uh, he's a web optimization basically a conversion optimization expert. He has a sick looking website, which you'll hear about in a second. And uh, he's got some great skills in terms of how to increase your conversion rates. And I've mentioned this before, but uh, something you'll learn in, uh, you know, when you get to testing and we get to tracking everything that you're doing in your business, you'll realize that being successful and having that massive business or maybe just that massive cash flow, depends on what your vision is, is mostly just a matter of testing, tweaking, testing, tweaking, testing, tweaking forever, right? This is the the mindset that you got to have. And this is how I think every successful person lives their life is, I mean, as, as people like to say, you know, failure doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is feedback. So you set a goal, I'm going to go make a million dollars and you start off and a week later, you run into it, you have a challenge. You're like, oh man, the bank won't loan you some money or something like that. And some people are like, oh, you failed. You failed. Or maybe you even started a business. Six months later, you went bankrupt. And maybe like, well, failed. Well, you could look at it like that or you could say, hey, I just ran a split test. I just did a test in my life. Didn't work. So let's run it again. Let's run that test again. Run that scenario again. Let's start another business. Do it slightly differently. Tweak a variable and see if we go bankrupt a second time. Because if we change something, if we change what we're doing, what what went wrong, then we're get, then we're not going to go bankrupt the second time. Okay. So this is the, uh, the the sort of the tracking conversion split testing mindset that is so fundamental to building a business. And also, I reckon man, it's just it's just fundamental to building a life, growing your life. In that, there's always going to be mistakes, always challenges, always things going wrong, and people that get pissed off at you and don't like. There's just that's always going to happen. The point is, what do you do about it? Do you run back to your little you know your little hideout in the jungle somewhere and, and kind of shake in your boots and, and just you know cry yourself to sleep, or do you get up, you dust yourself off, and you go, all right, what do I need to do differently this time? to make it work because that's the that's the this is a little bit of a rant here but you bring to bring this back to building your website and building your business and building your uh, your sales try a sales funnel you go write some emails like oh man I'm terrible at writing emails but hey try it again see if you can change a few things maybe hire a different writer maybe just hire a better copywriter try it again see if you get better results track the results do it again and again and again. and if you improve 10% each time after a year after 10 times you don't have a 100% increase you've got i think 111 112 it's it's a compounded increase and as Einstein says, compound interest is the most powerful force in the universe. So that's what we're talking about today. Compound interest, uh, the most powerful force of the universe with Jacob Lenowski on, which is really conversion optimization, how to, how to run some tests on your site, how to boost it, get more conversions, and just get more sales. Cool, yeah? Now, to get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 95. Now, this week's McMaster's Inside of the Week, true to form with this week's topic, is... 
go and sign up to a service like Mixpanel. Now, Mixpanel is, uh, I think it's meant to be used for apps, you know, software apps. You can track which pages people go on and where they're, you know, going throughout the site and things like that. But what I've been using Mixpanel for is they have a feature called Funnels, where you can set up and say, here's page one, here's page two, page three, page four, page five. And it will then break down and will show you the conversion rate from step to step to step to step. And then you can set up a second funnel and test that. And then you can see which one performs best. Scrap the one that scrap the loser, keep the winner. Now, the, my favorite part about Mixpanel, and you can do this with a lot of tracking things. So this is not uh, this is not just. Um, just for Mixpanel, but this is what I use Mixpanel for, is you can add these variables in your URLs. You could say, you know, mysite.com forward slash question mark ID equals Facebook, right? And you use that link on your Facebook ad, and anyone who clicks that link and ends up on that funnel is going to show up in Mixpanel as, all right, you had one visitor from your funnel variable, okay, from ID equals funnel. And you can add as many variables as you want, and they'll all show up in Mixpanel. So I was going on Facebook, and this is where I was going and doing, and say, a campaign targeting to, you know, 30 to 55-year-olds, right? And then I could put that in the URL, track it, look at how 30 to 55-year-olds respond in the funnel. Then I could do the same thing for 55 to 65-year-olds, then I can do the same thing for people targeting, say, you know, Ryan Dice versus uh, Perry Marshall and see which one of those guys are more likely to buy stuff and on and on and on and on. And when you can track things down to a T like this, you can find out exactly who the hell's buying your stuff, exactly who is, and get rid of the people who aren't and just spend way more money on advertising to the people who buy your stuff. And then you grow your business. Boom. So that's McMaster's Inside the Week. If you, McMaster's is uh, it's a private community that I have. It, there's a forum. There's a bunch of training products. All about uh, it's mainly about email marketing. But there's also stuff in there on how to write a great sales page, how to write stories that sell, uh, how to do it. You know how how I built is a case study in there on the Facebook uh, campaign that I uh, ran recently, the one that I just mentioned. Uh, basically, a bunch of stuff in there. Some webinars. There's a forum that I'm in every day, and you can learn more about that at uh, themcmethod.com. In the top menu bar, there is a link to members. Just click that. You can learn more about it there. And I'll see you on the inside. Now, last thing. Last but not least is reviews. If you want to make my day, put a smile on my face, make the sunshine and the rain go away, uh, leave me a review. <laughs> leave me a review. So head over to iTunes, search for the Mega Method, email marketing podcast, and uh, leave me a review. Check in how many, how many stars you think it's worth. Tell me what you think about the show, and I will read it out, and I'll even buy you a beer when uh, when I run into you eventually in the U.S. and Thailand and China, who knows where. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Jacob Lanowski. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Jacob Lanowski. Now, uh, Jacob uh, actually hit me up via email a while back to, to talk about the podcast. He's uh, he's an active listener, and uh, he'd been enjoying it. And uh, he mentioned uh, some of the stuff that he was working on, which was uh, user interface design and some conversion optimization. And I uh, had some great insights to share, so I thought, why not get him on the podcast and uh, and, and you know make a make make a podcast out of it obviously so he's got a site called uh, good ui that's a goodui.org it's uh, a content piece with a whole bunch of ideas around how to create a good user interface and then he's also at lanowski.ca it's l-a-n-o-w-s-k-i.ca where they do conversion optimization they got a whole bunch of cool stuff there too so today we're going to talk about uh, how to run your first optimization test and it's also going to be good for people who are, have already been testing because uh, i think you're going to get some good ideas uh, about what to test even if you've been doing it for a while, so we'll get into that in just a minute. Jacob, how are you going, man? Thanks, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. Pretty good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, so before we get into uh, the, the, I guess, the content or the details, can you give the listener just a little bit of more of a background on who you are and what you do? 
Sure. So we're uh, we're running a conversion optimization company, and we've been testing, running test, learning while to test as of last year, and. Uh, before that, doing a bunch of UI design, concepting, and uh, yeah, there was a time where probably a year and a half ago, where we decided to basically focus mostly on uh, on measurable results mm. that can drive decision, the, the design decisions. So, yep. hence, uh, hence conversion optimization. Right, right. The cool thing here is that like this podcast has traditionally been an email marketing podcast, but if anyone's you know been listening to this for a while, they know it's you know we talk about traffic and uh, sales funnels and split, split testing, a whole bunch of different stuff. And uh, what I like to do actually is like in this case, like when it comes to email marketing, obviously it pays to test things, but this is just business and uh, direct response marketing one on one that you have to test. And anyone who's been doing this for for any amount of time knows that testing is really where the magic happens. You, you don't. You don't get things right the first time. You know, you do if you're lucky, but even the best guys in the world, they test. You know, some of the biggest companies, direct response companies that do six, seven hundred million dollars a year, they're testing everything. So they're always trying to optimize. So before we get into uh, the the I guess the nitty gritty, tell me why tell me why it's important. Why is it why is running optimization testing? Why is optimizing for conversions important in your words? So I think uh, there's there's a time when whenever you become there's there's there, whenever designing a UI a landing page or a lead page uh, any any kind of kind of front end UI piece sometimes there's points where you become uncertain right and and uh, you hit that this this phase where you're feeling like oh it could be like this way or it could be something else and uh, I think those are golden moments where you can like you just have to capture those and just make a note and and you don't have to be sure you don't have to be make a decision based based on that you, you just kind of have to set that apart and I think those are great candidates to uh, to explore using uh, using using data of course there's other moments where you know you might be just like, there's some design elements that uh, that are just missing that you're that, that are dead obvious such as Maybe there's like no benefit or no headline or no button or something like that. So I mean, those things, those those moments, uh, I think it's good to separate like the, the high confidence uh, stuff right, from, right. from from those uncertainties. Right. Well, I mean, one thing that's, uh, that took me a while to get. I only got this recently when uh, earlier this year I ran a, uh, a campaign with some Facebook advertising. And I guess I learned via experience that you've really got to track everything and optimize for conversions. Well, you start off and you, whatever your rate is to, to begin with, you start with that and then you optimize. You run a split test on each step in that sales funnel and you say you bump it, you know, each step by 10% and you've got four steps where your increase isn't 40%. It's really, I think that'd be 44 or 45% so that you've got the compound, compound effect or compound interest. So it's... Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets really powerful. And this to me is why I get so excited about it because, you know, I'm not really like a... I'm kind of like fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. Like I get on here, I don't plan these podcasts too much because I like to kind of just, I generally, just personality-wise, I just like to wing it. So I'm not really, I'm not usually a numbers guy, but when I got to see the numbers and how by running these simple tests, which don't even have to take that long to set up, just changing a few words or changing a button or changing, slightly tweaking an offer or different stuff like that, or just the price, you can totally change the, the results or the ROI on a sales funnel. And that's what gets me so pumped up about it. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, okay. So you're touching upon an interesting point here. Like uh, you know, so there's, there's of course there's some tests which which can be done very quickly and you can wing it and you can you can have come up with little changes, uh, potentially changes that have a big effect. Let's say headlines. But then there's uh, there's other types of redesign, like like larger variations, right? You can completely rethink a, a whole page and and maybe have multiple sections which which have to be readjusted and 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 so forth. So I think there's a balance between. Uh, 
between how large your variations are, like how far away are they from the control? Right, right. Because you know, one thing I've noticed is that one of the first things, you know, in my experience, uh, worth testing is is the offer and the price. I mean, the offer you might have to tweak the the actual product, and that that can take a bit of time. But the price side of things, usually all you have to do is you know drop in a new PayPal link and change the text on the page that says the price. So there's tests like that that are really fast. But then like what you're talking about is maybe you want to test an entire new new user interface and see how that impacts conversions. Mm -hmm. So so I think that touches upon the the effect. So typically I I think we've we found that that the smaller changes, of course like the single variable changes, I think they're great and awesome for for uh, for identifying like the cause and effect, of course. Then I mean, if you change the headline, then you know that it's the, ch the headline that caused the five, ten, twenty percent lift, right? So that's that's amazing. You can then reuse that on maybe on other pages, maybe other material, maybe in email, emails. But sometimes we find that not not every site has uh, the traffic, right? Like yeah. to 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 reach significance, right? Because that's an important element as well. Like I mean, if you if you're basing your decision on uh, you know five out of 100 conversions versus, I don't know, 12 or, or 8 out of another 100 conversions for another variation, yeah. right? Then that's, that's not really significant. So that, there's a danger there, right? Mm. Uh, so that's for like for first timers, maybe one, one, one piece of advice, like you really need to get your, your significance levels in check. And I think there's tools out there that, that can help people with that. Right. Um, but that's important. This is a cool thing. So what you brought up here is this issue of statistical significance, which is where you can run a test, and if you only get five, you know, you might get run a split test with uh, any sort of split testing software, and you get a whole bunch of traffic through it, and you split test the headline, and maybe you get four conversions on one of them and seven conversions on the other, and you're like, whoa, my, you know, the vari one of the variations almost doubles the conversions, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, hold on, hold on, you don't have enough right. data yet. <laughs> if you've only got seven conversions, you don't know anything, because that can still swing. There's sort of like a random variation. You don't know that quick. So I know that there's like there's some pretty complex formulas, or there is a complex formula that allows you to kind of figure out what statistically significant is. But uh, you know, if you're using, I've used Visual Website Optimizer, or VWO, I think it's now called. Uh, I'm sure the other ones do it as well. But they'll actually tell you if it's statistically significant or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we use uh, we use W. Uh, sorry, V. I always get this screwed up here. <laughs> VWO. Uh, we also use that as a primary tool. Um, Something to know about those tools. Sometimes they do sugarcoat the results a little bit, but but there's there's other tools out there that also can. Uh, I, th I think it's a I think it's great great good start to mm -hmm. to uh, to use in the beginning. Uh, there are some also a little bit more conservative tools out there, but right. uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely one thing to keep in mind. Right. So tell me about like if 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 I was say a you know I've got a website, I've got a, a basic sales funnel set up. I might even have an autoresponder, right? I've basically got some traffic. I've got a couple different conversion pages that you know require conversions, and uh, and I want to run my first test. So let's say I go sign up to Visual Website Optimizer, VWO.com is where it is mm -hmm. now. Let's say I sign up to that and uh, right, I'm ready to run my first test. What, what do you suggest? So typically one, one thing we do up front is, especially when we're dealing with a new project and, uh, and, or a new client, uh, applies to any kind of new page as well, um, try to gauge uh, the current traffic and the current conversion rate. Right? So I mean, if you're getting um, 100 unique visits every month, then that's a, that's a sign. That's basically a, a bit of planning. Like um, if you have, that, that, that starts giving you a bit of an idea how long you'll need to test for, as well as how many variations you can have. Mm. Um, so typically on, on using VWO, we'd use, uh, we'd run even an A test just, just to get that launched if, if, if we don't have any proper metrics up front. Uh, so we'd almost set up a tracker 
just to understand how much traffic there is and what the current conversion is. Okay, and then with that, uh, we start planning. Like, okay, if it's a low traffic site, we we focus mostly on we we try to have one variation, so a traditional A/B test. Mm. Yep. Typically, we avoid those smaller tests in those cases. So we try to we'll, we'll focus more on the bigger changes, such as maybe there's like a better sales copy, maybe there's a better headline, maybe there's some social proof, maybe anchoring, and, and so on. Maybe more visible call to action um, if it's a long page. Maybe repeated calls to action, and and, and so forth. Right. 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 Oh yeah. So you're talking about like you can test. Uh Variables that I think is one. Uh, basically, we're talking about variables that scream and variables that whisper. So some things you go test the price, you test the offer, you test the headline, you test the opening couple sentences, or you test a major user interface shift. Uh, a couple of those like big changes. Then you're going to run the test, and you're going to probably going to see a big difference. You might see like a you know 20, 30, 50, 100 percent change in conversions. Whereas if you test say the color of the button. That's not always going to make that big of a difference. So when you talk when you have a low traffic site, you don't really have the flexibility to test a whole bunch of stuff, just because every test costs time. So you've got to really optimize for the biggest wins. I think so. Yeah. I mean, what, what we're going to result in if, if you're doing a single change and it's going to be, let's say, a 10% increase, that test might require on a low traffic site maybe six months, a year or so. If, if however, <clears throat> if however you're uh, you're doing, let's say. You're getting to a 30-40% lift. That might cut your uh, duration, required duration, to let's say a month or two. Um, again, uh, just just using some example numbers here. Right. One thing, I mean, like if you if you run into a client and they only have low traffic, do you ever suggest that instead, you know, before they go, maybe set up the conversion test because that's not going to take too long. You figure out something to test, you know, a variable that screams. Go and test it or set the test up. Because once you set it up, it's running. You don't. You just let the data run, and you go and do your thing. Now, after that, obviously, the more traffic you can get, the faster you're going to improve. And this is where paid traffic gets really exciting. Is because if you're not tracking anything and you're not testing anything, well, you're not really going to be able to. You know, you go spend money on Facebook ads or AdWords. You're not going to know whether you're making money. Number one, and even if you were, like, maybe you might be losing money, but it would only require a few simple tests, and then you'd be making money. So it's kind of like you get in this position where once you set the test up, go and buy some traffic, right? Because if you buy more traffic, you get more leads through. Maybe you can run a test every month instead of every six months. And that means you get a compound interest over you know, every month for six months instead of once every six months. So, and that might not sound like much because your business might not change much in that six months, whichever way you do it. But over a few years, these small tweaks, these small changes in timelines make a massive difference in the way that business is going to grow. Mm -hmm, definitely. So, so throwing traffic at a, at a test is, is definitely a good uh, you know, way to reach significance faster. If, if, of course, that traffic matches your, you know, your other traffic, that's kind of more natural, more organic, or you know, beyond the duration of the test, right? Right, right. Give me like, what, what would be like the top, if I was a client and I wanted to test something on my website right now, if you can go to, I don't know, if you could go to the mcmethod.com. And let's see, I'm curious to see what you'd say here because this will give us a couple, couple interesting ideas. Go to the mcmethod.com and, uh, and if you give me three things, just off the top of your head, what would you? What, I've tested a whole bunch of stuff on this side. But what would you test? Oh man, you cut me off guard here. Okay, now I have to, <laughs> have to think here. <laughs> it's good making these. Uh, say, you know, when you make something concrete like this, it's you get some interesting uh, insights out of it. So, so I think this. Uh, I'll, I'll try to come up with something, but um, I think this raises an interesting point. Is like, sure, there are some things we can pull out of a bucket. Let's say, you know, we have a bunch of uh, fifty plus tips on on goodui.org that, that we can pull and uh, sometimes use, and those are kind of the you know the generic rules of thumb, or so to say, right? Yeah. Uh, 
but you can also dig deeper. You can also supplement that with uh, with proper user research and, and listening to customers and feeling their pain points. And, and you know, so John, I might ask you like, okay, so what do people? What are the first one or two questions they ask you when they when they speak to you about like? Doing consulting with you, right? What are they worried about? And, and and that's another, of course, like good way to figure out what's wrong with this page, right? If if there's anything wrong with it, right? <laughs> so it's a balance of of picking stuff from from the past, from experience, as well as. Uh, I like that idea. So it's so yeah, it's not just about you can't just look at a page really and go, I right, test this. You really have to go back to. I mean, this is you know when, when I teach people inside uh, McMaster's how to write an order response or how to write a sales letter. Yeah, you can give them, you can just come off the bat and say, well, you should do this, you should use this formula, and you should you know, write bullets like this and use this headline template. But you've really got to go back to uh, square one and think, well, hang on, go and talk to your customers, go and talk to your prospects, get them on the phone and find out what do they really want to know about before they purchase. Because that's where you're going to get the insights that are going to drive the conversions in the long run. Exactly. So if you're asking about like ideas off the top of my head, I'm assuming, <laughs> is that what you're uh, curious about? Oh, yeah, about, I'm, I'm curious. If you, yeah, what, what ideas off the top of your head would you come up with? Okay, so maybe maybe some social proof around the email sign-up list, maybe how many people have signed up. Maybe that's worthy of a little experiment. I'm not sure how much effect that would be. Maybe um, I'll, I'll guess, uh, if anything, maybe 5% plus or minus, maybe very close to, to, to the newsletter sign-up. Maybe something about... Um, uh, lowering commitments. Uh, there's like no the more. You basically can unsubscribe at any time yeah. if, if you choose to 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 leave. Um, what make money every time you send an email? Headlines warning: This website will show you how to. <laughs> That's interesting. So using a pretty direct way of of uh, getting someone's attention here at the top. Maybe gradual engagement as well. Let's say there's daily emails, daily email tips. Maybe there's a way to um, pick and choose out of two or three email types. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there's like email types that people could segment themselves a little bit into, and a choice of uh, I don't know uh, tips on email marketing, tips on conversion optimization, tips on copywriting or, or something like that. Uh, sometimes segmentate. Yes, yeah, so this, this is kind of gradual engagement helps people to make that first decision and kind of flow into the to the next action, which is the email. Of right. course, sign up. Um, that's something we found as well. Um, benefits. I wonder. I mean, I haven't. So I haven't. I mean, I, I haven't really got the chance to fully read and read and analyze the, this whole page. So you're going into benefits. I think that's great. Join today and you'll discover X, Y, Z. Is this what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, this is no. It's, yeah. it's interesting because what I'm really looking for is an insight into into how you think, right? So it's not I get the specific stuff. I'm getting some ideas here that I'll, I'll, I'll you know I'll go and test this stuff. But but more importantly for the listener, it's interesting. Like I find what's what's you know why what I get most out of with doing this podcast when I meet people at conferences and things, it's always fascinating to look inside someone's brain and see how they think. So that's really what I'm interested in here. I think the main thing when I look at you when know, we talk about uh, you know when I'm listening to you talk about uh, how to find you know pick stuff to optimize, it's things like it all comes back to this idea of thinking what's stopping someone from signing up. So it's like well someone's going to go to this site and obviously it's, it's clear, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, you know it's a, it's a one column layout. So I noticed you mentioned that on your site. So it's mm-hmm. it's fairly easy to figure out what's going on on the site. But obviously you're right. There is no so one reason some people might not be signing up is where they where they can put their email address in, there's nothing in there about how many people have signed up to that list. So maybe that's a reason why some people aren't signing up. And then, you know, I like that idea of thinking, well, instead of thinking, well, what can we test or that sort of thing, ask the question of why aren't people buying or why aren't people signing up? Why aren't people moving to the next step? 
and then make a list. Or then you can even ask them, why you know why haven't you signed up yet? You know, I've noticed uh, one thing I've noticed with uh, McMaster's. That's the uh, the the community that I have. You, you pay a monthly fee for access to training and a forum and things like that. One thing I've noticed is some people really don't like the idea of paying a monthly subscription. And I think mm -hmm. the uh, the challenge with that it's funny because it's a, it's a, you can cancel any time. But maybe I haven't been actually maybe I haven't been properly clear about that on the sales page and on the checkout page. So what's happening is someone's going there, going, "Oh, it's a monthly fee. Oh, that means I probably got to sign up for like six months or something." And uh, and you know they're going to be locked into some contract. So then it's like if if all I did, maybe all I have to do is add cancel anytime somewhere near the buy now button, and then also on the checkout page, and the conversions are going to go up. And the point here isn't that someone listening to this can go walk away and go, "Oh, I'm going to add that same thing to my sales page. My my order from cancel anytime." The, cha the, the, the challenge is thinking, well, no, that's not the secret. The secret is really getting inside your prospects, getting inside your visitor's head and really asking yourself, why aren't they taking the next step? Right. And, and, and when you run a product, when you have a service or info product, in our case, I mean, we're running into the same issue. We, we're selling some of our insights in, in the form of uh, A-B tests that we run our, our, ourselves. And was, so we share that as part of good UI slash data stories. Here's a little plug. Um, but we, we're running into the same issue. I mean, you, you listen. I mean, when you deal with customers, you, you, you hear their, their, their emails, their, their frustrations, their questions. Um, so over time, I mean, opening up your ears to, the, to those things, though, I think those are great candidates for, for whether for, for tests or uh, for just implementation. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, we, we have the exact same thing. There's, there's a subscription model, and we hear people saying, yeah, I just, just want to, I'm not sure about the subscription. Like maybe that's kind of too committal. Yep. So, yep. so maybe yep. one, 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 one option for that would be to test would be something like um, purchase just one month at this one fixed fee or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. And so we also talked about, you mentioned uh, what pages should people be testing? If they're looking at their site and they want to set up, they don't want to set up five tests. They just want to set up one test. Where's the best place for them to run a mm -hmm. test to begin? Right, so I think the page idea corresponds very much with, with also a very primary question up front is, is also the metric. What's, what's the key metric, right? I mean, here right now, you, you, you gave me this page and, and we're like pretty much assumed very, very quickly that it's the newsletter sign up that matters to you. But I think it's, it's in any test, any business, I think it's important to identify identify that key primary goal, right? So let's say it's purchases of McMaster, uh, I don't know, of, 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 the, uh, right. of, the, of the mastermind. With that, I think you identify the goal, like how do you, how do you track that? It's, it's, a, it's a page visit, let's say, to a post-purchase page, right? That's, that's actually a purchase after, after, after the checkout page. So working backwards, I think, from that, you start identifying like where are the pain points, where are the... Uh, uh, where's, where's the, where, the, where, the, where the problem areas? And sometimes it's not just one page; it could be a funnel. And one other reason why we kind of set up an initial uh, kind of tracker up front, we might like say track right away from the home page to your lead page to the checkout page, finally to the post-purchase page, and then just like looking at some of the kind of data, you can get a bit of a sense of where those problem areas might originate. Yep. So that's one way to to, to identify. Uh, another way to identify, another way I guess to, to identify would be like by just tra looking at traffic. Like, what are your top tra visited pages? I mean, yeah. Okay. I like it, man. You you have this very like deep analytical way of diving into this, and and you know I'm more of the uh, kind of let's let's just let's just pick something and go for it. But it's always interesting. To, I got a friend here in uh, Thailand. He's he's more of the uh, I'm kind of like a sledgehammer. I just like to get you know get in and get dirty. But there's also like the the alternate or the other side of the spectrum is someone who comes in and goes really like a scalpel. Or like a surgeon's knife and kind of go in and really try to isolate the the biggest wins. It sounds like that's that's sort of where your head's at. You like to really dive in 
and understand what's going on here? Well, we're actually, well, John, we're, we're learning. I mean, as I mentioned, it's just been a year. So some of our tests are actually like sledgehammers, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, you know, we actually have like this testing strategy called like the shotgun approach, or, or we also sometimes laugh. It's like, okay, it's throw it against the wall and hope it sticks approach, where we, again, on, on, typically on, on lower traffic sites, we'll just come up with three as, as diverse variations as possible, right? And, and, just try stuff out and then look what happens and, and see if like which one performs better and then uh, um, yeah and then work like again grouping so many ver <clears throat> so many um, changes to a particular variation won't necessarily give us a, a concrete insight as to why <laughs> it's performing better but but at least it will set the new baseline for let's say a plus forty percent lift and then we can work our way from that with with a series of smaller tests yeah right so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then what sort of, uh, I mean, you mentioned metrics a minute ago. Like, you know, when I think about testing, I'm just going to be measuring the conversion rate. What's, is, is, there, is there more to it than that? Is there more metrics that I should be looking at than conversions? Definitely, definitely. So, so I mentioned the, this idea of primary metric, and that, that alleviate, alleviates the pain of later on when you have, like, let's say, multiple met Let's say you're tracking clicks. Let's say you're tracking, uh, what's it called, submits, form submits. Maybe you're tracking another page visit in your funnel, like on a, on a between the landing page and the checkout and then post-checkout and maybe the homepage, then let's say all of a sudden you have like five metrics in your test and then you're thinking, okay, what's, what's the most important one? And so, so to avoid making that decision during the test, so the, the first thing was like to, to, to choose what's really important up front. And then in terms of multiple metrics, I think it's always, always good to have those metrics tracking across the funnel because then they'll... They, again, they can give you a bit of a sense of let's let's say uh, let's say you have a, a lead page or landing page which which warms up uh, the traffic and you have clicks there, right? So that's like your first first interaction. Maybe people are maybe lots of people are you know clicking on the clicks, but maybe there's some sort of form validation that's prohibiting them from from going forward. Maybe they're they're getting stuck there. Maybe they don't know what to enter into a field. Yeah, and. Uh, Let's say that plus 30 lift is not carrying over to the next page, which only is showing like plus 5% lift. Right? Then you know, then you start seeing, oh, if, if there's a, such a high conversion rate here up front, but not necessarily uh, carries over further down the road, then, uh, then you know you have something to, uh, to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about like breaking it down into as granular as possible. So you can say like, all right, so someone viewed the page, then someone clicked the link, then someone, you know, you could even track down to the events based on what forms someone filled out in a form. So you could see maybe they get stuck on, maybe you can move the credit card number down to the end of the form and that increases overall conversions because then people don't get stuck halfway down going and fishing away for their credit card. But if they fill out the entire form first, then they're committed and they're like, oh, well, you know, they're not cycle they're not consciously thinking about it. But by that point, they filled out the entire form, so they might as well grab their credit card and fill out the rest. Whereas you have the credit card at the top, it might have a different feeling. So we're talking about exactly. looking at things in a really granular way. Right, breaking down the funnel. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's so that's another good practice, I think. Tracking page visits, I think, is also good as opposed to just clicks. Again, for that same very reason. Um, anything that's that's kind of deeper in the funnel, I think, is is also good. Okay. Okay. And uh, you mentioned some best practices. What what sort of best practices have you got? Have you got like five best practices or a list there? Uh, so best practice for for just implementation or for for testing? For testing. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think I started like mentioning a little bit about some of kind of those like having primary goals, having uh, breaking down the funnel, uh, estimating upfront. I think is also good as I kind of mentioned earlier on. So getting a bit of a sense of what your traffic's like. 
because again, that that helps you to determine to plan the test. Yeah. Um, tracking page visits. Uh, another, I think, best practice would be typically again, typically uh, you can reach faster and more significant results when you have less variations. So, uh, so focusing on, on more traditional A/B tests, that that basically gives you yeah, a faster result. Okay. And yeah, so I think those are the kind of the key. And you got a whole list of these at uh, goodui.org/slash/beta/data, right? Ah, you found it. Yes. I'm so yeah. Better, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So on uh, on goodyuiorg slash better data, we uh, we explore some of kind of our, our learnings as well, and and yeah, that's all free content there for uh, for A/B testing best practices. And yeah, I mentioned some of those. Some of those get a little bit technical, uh, and some are, are more high level. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, well, I mean, let's wrap it up here. I mean, we're we're right on time here. So where are these places you mentioned? Uh, we got goodui.org slash better data. You've got goodui slash uh, sorry goodui.org slash data stories, which is mm-hmm. looks like it's a it's a subscription newsletter with uh, ideas on on what tests to run. Yeah. So uh, so if goodui.org is like this periodic element table of just things to try, we purposefully use the word try and then x idea because those are like kind of hypothesis. It's like almost like a checklist for for things to do to to raise conversions and. Goodui.org slash data source is pretty much uh, we take those ideas and we group them into into variations and and we test them out. We we try to figure out which ones work, which ones don't. So when we run tests, we basically once a month we share our best test results in that in that publication. Okay, and uh, you've also got Lanowski.ca. That's uh, that's our uh, that's the company. That's the official company name, and that's where we do our consulting. Okay. So, if someone wanted to talk to you more, or, you know, get in touch, maybe even hire you to do some conversion optimization, the best place for them to get would be Lenowski.ca, right? That sounds like a good start. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right, Jake, mate. This has been uh, really good. Really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,